I'm your host, Lou Carter, founder of Most Loved Workplace. The Leader Show brings together executives and leading thinkers to bring into focus our collective purpose and passion for what we do and where we do it. The search for occupational fulfillment, happiness, pride, and passion starts here. Mark Murphy is CEO of Ignite Digital Services, a digital transformation company serving the national security sector with more than 300 employees across the United States. Ignite is ranked number 47 on Newsweek's 2023 UK's top 100 most loved workplaces. Mark is an investor, operator, and builder with more than 20 years of experience in the technology industry. He has extensive experience leading high-growth, results-focused companies to continued success. His role as CEO at Spark LLC resulted in the company's successful acquisition by Booz Allen Hamilton. The company he leads his team guides national security clients through the process of digital transformation by harmonizing data science and analytics to optimize program integration and empower operational decisions. Mark, great to have you on today. Welcome to the Leader Show on Newsweek. Great. Thanks, Lou. Uh, excited to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Glad to have you here, Mark. And I uh, want to learn more about Ignite Digital Services, which you founded, right? And, that, right? So, and uh, learn about that, right? And then also learn a little about what you do there first. And then, you know, dive into how you became a most loved workplace, because I want to know, you know, about that, what's underneath that, the culture, what you have so much passion around, especially, you know, coming from your extensive experience in the tech industry and how you've uh, managed and led teams uh, that knows that's not easy to do. I, I do it myself. So uh, I want to get some tips from you today. So uh, welcome, Mark. Look forward to hearing more about that today. Let's start with this. Tell me more about Ignite Digital so we can get you know, stead or uh, get our feet about what you do. Yeah, I, mean, I thought the intro was great, Lou, that Ignite Digital Services is a professional services consulting company focused on you know, a wide range of digital transformation services and activities supporting uh, primarily uh, the national security sector. So we provide you know, data analytics, consulting, um, and you know, really detailed transformational activities, both from a you know, human capital and performance perspective, but also uh, transforming technologies. That's cool. You said transforming technologies. Let's go into them so we just get our, our heads around it, right? Which transforming technologies are enabling that you create that we can understand a little more deeply? Tell us more. Yeah, so we're a professional services company. So, you know, we're doing the work around um, bringing automation, bringing new technology platforms to our customers. You know, what we're finding is, and particularly in the sector we work in, a lot of people are focused on, you know, how to mine and harness the vast amount of data that uh, is now available through these transformative technologies. And we're helping our customers make sure they're able to understand what data they have to run their business and properly dashboard it or properly mine it to really lead their transformational activities. So for us, a lot of our activities right now, Lou, is focused on the data environments our customers are accessing through the modern technology platforms. And it is hard to know, right, how to mine data properly so that you, people typically read data back in the days as if it were a book. 
<laughs> literally like a book. It's impossible to digest what it is, all this data in a book. It would be comments or it is in uh, spreadsheets. What's amazing about today that I love, I'm sure you're diving into too, is how you can apply machine learning and NLP to all of this and create action plans, transformation plans to get there. And I'll bet you do that in your culture too, as a most loved workplace. So tell me how in your culture, You've helped understand data, usage of data, data and usage of teams, and how that informs how you transform yourselves and also for your clients. Well, you know, internal to Ignite Digital, uh, we're really focused on, to the degree possible, using data to make all our decisions. And even from a human capital perspective, and even going back to, you know, why we're here today, Most Love Workplace, it was, it was a data activity. You know, we, through, you know, the process of the survey, mined data from our employees about what they think about our work environment. And so, you know, we try to take that kind of approach to almost everything we do you know, internal to our people. We're taking quarterly HR surveys. And, you know, we use that data to activate decision-making for how we build our internal, you know, workplace benefits, uh, hiring, recruiting. So, you know, internal to our business, we're really acting the same way we act with our customers, helping them through transformation. And we're applying the same kind of rigor, metrics, and data to our internal decision-making. That's awesome. And I want to go into that because, you know, data decision-making is so important. So really, really understanding when you're running a tech team, right? How do you know if a tech team is high performing for you? Like, What does it look like for you and for yourself as well as your clients? What's a perfect mix of a great tech team or a great team in general for you? So, you know, going back to, you know, it was a little easier. My last company, we were doing software development. And, you know, the beauty of software development is it's primarily X and O's, ones and zeros. And you can really measure activity and volume uh, when you're doing, you know, that level of activity. In Ignite Digital Services, um, you know, we're, we're, we're providing a wide range of consulting, a little more challenging to really measure uh, actual output. So, you know, when we focus on customer success, each project is a little bit different. Each, each one of our customers is in a different place in their digital transformation journey. So, you know, we're trying to look at, you know, each one of our projects, each one of our customers and create a level of metrics that we can measure on. You know, sometimes a lot easier. Sometimes it is black and white and we're actually measuring progress. You know, sometimes we have to be a little more subjective in how we measure success. But I think, you know, part of it early on in each project is you're trying to get at, you know, what is the customer's success criteria? Uh, can we provide data to measure that? And if we can, let's measure it and, and provide that back to our teams and also our customers. That's great. So you actually get the data, drive it back to your teams, drive it to your customers. So there's real time understanding between and among customers and employees, because there's there's times most likely that you get information synchronously or asynchronously from any any of those stakeholders, if you will, and, and you need them to know in real time. So there's tech stack, right? And then there's people, people process, right? So how are you guys bringing that together? Um, tell me more about that with your team. Is it largely remote? Is it virtual? Is it in person? And how do they work together in that way? Tell us more. Yep. Yeah, I think not unlike uh, a lot of companies now, we're really in a hybrid environment. So, you know, we're, we're trying to manage both in-person workforce People co-located with their customers in person, but also a, a remote workforce. 
and a dispersed workforce as well. So we have two physical offices, one emerging office. So we're in three locations right now. We're looking to add two additional locations. So, you know, across our 300 people, you're going to find, you know, teams, little teams acting in any one of those locations or even remote. So, you know, that's an added challenge that I think we're all dealing with is bringing together this concept of a team when, uh, you know, everyone can't be in the same location. So, um, you know, we're creating that kind of diverse hybrid workforce. And of course, everyone wants that these days and we want to deliver that for them, but also really focusing on, you know, how do we service our customers? How do we focus on our customers and create that customer intimacy that's really important to us even when we're remote, even when we're hybrid. And again, you know, that's a challenge we're all dealing with as leaders today, but you know, we have to be deliberate and really thoughtful to, to keep the level of service that we're really known for at Ignite Digital. I've always found that is that you, you have the customer who drives the business and the team, and then you have the team working within themselves, ideating and creating. And the most beautiful connection is when you have the most work with the customer the customer-centric organization. And of course, we can ideate, we can innovate, develop things that we know customers will love and know. At the end of the day, we have to test it with them, right? Does that take part in your culture? Is that a part of your culture, which is customer centricity, right? As a way of moving forward to have team cohesion. Is that, is that, it sounds like that's kind of where you're going or correct me, you know, in terms of where the culture is. No, I mean, at, at the core, and as I look back on why we've been successful and how we've been successful, and I certainly, you know, inherited some of this, uh, but also built a lot of it is we, we have this sense that at the center of it all is the customer. And, you know, a true belief across the company down to the very last person that, you know, the customer success in a services business, we're a professional services business, so we're, we're serving customers. The customer success is paramount. So, you know, how do we ensure that is like you said, it's, you know, set expectations early, clearly, and then work with the customer uh, almost to have to these days because things are moving so fast on a daily basis to continue to find ways to measure uh, their view of our success, which is an important nuance you know, their view of our success uh, along the course of these sometimes very lengthy projects. You know, you talked about being an officer in the armed forces and, you know, how important that it was to you. And uh, we were talking about that before the show to your leadership of your teams, right? And, and what you'd learned. And I'd like to know more, like, how does that influence how you run your teams now, right? And, and to keep them cohesive and, and uh, running uh, smoothly, synchronously, potentially as well, hopefully, yeah. right? And how does your experience in the armed forces or just in general, your own ethos and, and values help inform that process for them? I appreciate you bringing that up. I mean, I, I reflect on that time, you know, almost daily, even many years afterwards, but you know the thing about military service that most of us in, that that have spent time in uniform felt is you get put in a position where you have an awful lot of responsibility at a very young age, and often you're lacking uh, true maturity, true experience, and true context to you know lead people through sometimes mentally and and always physically challenging kind of environments. So, you know, how do you do that? And, you know, what I found is to really create a, a, 
environment in the unit and the team that shows that you're a caring leader and that you know you reflect that the goodwill and the, the morale of the team is important. You're going to do everything you can to provide them the tools they need to be successful in a job. And, you know, those tools you know, are relevant in, in the military, but also relevant in, in the workplace. So, you know, I've reflected on, you know, how was I successful when I really didn't have the full set of experience to lead people in that environment? Successful by really focusing on, you know, how do you create an environment where the team feels you're invested in their success, their survival, and invested in getting them the tools they need to be successful in their job. And, you know, those, those couple elements I've translated into, you know, my professional life and really found that um, I think that they're elements of building a great professional services company. And also a place that people love to work because they know they're being taken care of at the end of the day. They're given the resources to achieve that. That's the K part of the SPARK model, which is the achievement in terms of what you went through, the low price index. So it's clear that you're providing those resources and there's a level of trust that you've established and respect within your teams, which sounds like it comes from the armed forces. And also a, a, a focus on your customers is armed forces. So I can see that, that uh, connection being made as well. You know, it's funny about leaders. I was just reflecting on this the other day is that, you know, uh, teams can go through different stages, storming, norming, performing, et cetera, that you've always heard of. At the end of the day, though, you know, even if they allow leaders to eat first, which is not true, we can't let leaders eat first. We eat last and we speak last. Um, what is most important is that people look to us at the end of the day if there's failure or success. And in times of failure, it's important uh, that people can count on you, right? to understand where they're going through and success also to share in that success. And that's one of the thing that really I took away from that reflection, which is we got to be there for people at all times because that's when they look at, to you, right? It's not necessarily these big, crazy ideas we have or these wonderful things we can do and conceptualize, which are great too, visionary leaders. It's also that they trust us to do what needs to be done. That's right. Yeah. And, and they will remember, and I will say, fortunately, I've, and I'll explain why I'm saying this. Fortunately, I've seen both success and failure. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't always uh, easy or relevant at the time of failure, but you really look back and feel those lessons more acutely uh, when it's failure. And then you draw on them. And as I think about a failure we had at Spark, just a business challenge, but people remember that. The way leaders respond in failure, they'll remember 10 times more than the success. And, you know, and that's uh, hard in the moment, but uh, they're really impactful lessons, both sides, you know, people feeling them and people leading through them. Absolutely. And you have 10 wins and one loss, and you've always been known as that guy with the loss. Right. So but, but a learning experience, and <laughs> you really draw from it. It hits home, right? And most bar jokes are written like that too. <laughs> so, so I, actually, I'm, I'm curious very much about uh, Spark. So you mentioned Spark and how they got acquired by Booz Allen. How did you create that culture too? And how did that flip over to you creating Ignite? That's an interesting story. Uh, Even in, in your field, it's really amazing. So tell me more about Spark and then how you created Ignite from Spark. Two very similar names. Yeah, you picked up on that. It's uh, as you can imagine, that's by design. But 
you know, Spark was a company and, and I had a, a wonderful business partner with me along that journey. You know, some individuals that together, you know, we really focused on, you know, how do you build a culture that can scale, a culture that you know, people really want to not only be at, but be high performers at. And, you know, we went through a lot of iter iterations on this idea of, you know, building a great culture and a great workforce and, you know, realize through, and culture is a punchline for a lot of things right now because it's so easy to say, you know, free snacks, flexible work, unlimited PTO. And, you know, what we've found and I've written about this in some blog posts is, you know, those are kind of icons of culture, but that's not what it's all about. It's focusing on, you know, what's really important to people and how do you really draw that out? Focus on what's important to people and build the culture around that. And, you know, if you do that and you hire, you know, generally hire adults that can manage all this, um, which we focus on as well, you're going to result in a high performing culture, but it takes some deliberate work to do that. And, you know, the course of scaling a company uh, at Spark from, you know, 70 people when I joined to my partner there to 350 in three short years, you really go through some iterations of rapid change. And culture on scale, you know, I think is one of the hardest things to do. The things that people find important and love when the company's 50 people, you can't sustain at 350. You know, so you, you got to be prepared and deliberate to scale a culture like that. And you'll pick up the Spark Ignite. You know, Ignite Digital was a concept I have to, to go build another company, um, again, with some wonderful business partners. But, you know, we're really taking some of those lessons and focusing on what's important for people. And I'll, I'll share a little bit. You know, I'm a big believer that great benefits you know, over-invest on, on healthcare and benefits because, you know, when people go home and they, they leave the building at night, it's taking care of their families. And, you know, if you can take that burden off of them by providing, and I just use that, Lou, as an example is, you know, that's what I think building a great culture is, is, you know, finding what really matters to people at the end of the day, investing in that, creating a workforce and a workplace that that provides all this so they can be free to focus on the work and the customer and really be be happy and focused around it. It really is that giving that kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that first level of being foundationally sound, right? And I want to go back to what you had said too about having adults manage the process of being high performing. And you're right. What is the, the most developed, most population set who can manage, right, that process as you go through uh, culture at scale? Did you find that having the managerial level be uh, very uh, succinct in competency as you scaled important in that aspect? That, that level of, you know, I, I always think the managers, and, and really investing in that level of people, and I'll talk a little bit about how we invested at Spark and investing here at Ignite on that level, that manager, senior manager level, because, you know, as you get to 300, 500, you know, and, and larger company, it's that thread of people 
that they can go down, they can touch every last person, and they can go up. You know, I, I can get to them. And, you know, it, it's it's this, the kind of inflection point of span of control at the manager level. So if you invest in them and get that level of people on the same page, and they're committed, they're energized about the company, they can translate your message down to the, the last person. Exactly. It's unrealistic to think the CEO is going to touch every last person. But if you can find that inflection point where, you know, you can invest, energize and be transparent at that manager, senior manager level, they will send the message down. And it's just it's critical, I think, to building a company on scale is to get that level of people invested and then build more of them. You know, and that's what we're in the process of doing. We. We created a, a course at Spark and we're replicating it here at Ignite to invest and build more managers and, and you'll build them before you need them. And that has paid dividends you know, already in our short tenure here. It's funny you're saying, first of all, that's right. Everything you're saying is, is completely aligned with what we do and how we do it. And we, what you're saying is important because when we do it in most of the workplace, we, we certify up manager level so they can trickle down that change, right? Which is around the Spark model. So it's it's uh, very much taking those skills and competencies related to Love Workplace Index. And the Spark, by the way, my model is called Spark. Did you know that? I, I didn't know no, if you knew that. I get no. a set, it's a Spark model, systemic collaboration, positive vision of the future, alignment of values, respect, and killer outcomes. I have a lot of these specific areas that you're talking about right now we could share with later. And each of those areas, we go into the comments, things that are important to people, right? So managers need to know those things as they're moving in is what's important to people, what do they need skill up in? Because like you said, it's the adults running the show and the CEO can't do it. There's just so much of you that can go around uh, to everybody, yet you're giving your ethos and values and help to them to to continue this culture throughout your organization and also for your customers. Absolutely. Mark, it's been great. Tell me more about what else you want to talk about today with us at the Most Love Workplace Show about you and your culture. Anything else we missed? You've said a lot today. So what else have we missed today, right? We want to talk more about you and me. Yeah, yeah I'd love to just talk a, a little bit about how we think about the talent life cycle, because one of the reasons we really focused on Most Love Workplace and you know wanted to seek out this certification. And I say that not for the sake of the certification, but really for the sake of the, you know, engaging in a grassroots type assessment of our people. And uh, so this became a, a really convenient tool, Most Love Workplace, to, to get a sense on what our, our people thought about uh, what we were building here. And, you know, for us, uh, one of the, the outputs is this talent life cycle is, you know, how do we take the results of something like Most Love Workplace and really apply it to all aspects of talent? And I say talent life cycle is, you know, recruit, retain and maintain our people. And, you know, the biggest cost driver in a people centric business, whether it be a consulting business like ours or, or any other people centric business is you know your ability to recruit and retain those people. So, you know, we we've really used this as a leverage point not only um, to help us recruit, 
but uh, help us retain and maintain our people by you know taking results of, of surveys and data like this and go um, really listen to it and act on it. So you know, I just wanted to share that because it was really one of our drivers uh, participating in this, and then you know using the results to to make sure we help with that talent lifecycle. It's such a huge difference, isn't it? They say voices is just one thing in this. It's just one thing to hear. It's another do something about it. And that's what you're saying here today is you're committed to the do something about it aspect. And I think that's that's a wonderful thing. And the fact that you've adopted us, myself Workplace, into your company means a lot. And we really do appreciate that, Mark, very much. And um, you definitely want to continue this. And uh, there's so many opportunities to have you on for cases and writing and fun things we have ahead at Most Love Workplace, including events, too, we're doing online and cool stuff, too, because since you're into tech, we'll talk to you a little bit later about it, things that we could we could discuss and learn more about what you're doing, too. Um, it sounds wonderful. The stuff, it's, it's right on the cutting edge. Ranked number 47 in 2023's UK's top Most Love Workplaces. And Mark Murphy, CEO of Ignite Digital Services here on the Newsweek Leader Show. Mark, it's great to have you with us today. Thanks so much great. for joining. Thanks, Luke. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Best Mark. of luck to you. Thank you.